0: that works good morning everybody it's been three weeks since i've been here and it seems like an eternity quite honestly i mean july was was fast but this last three weeks since we were here uh has, has gone very very slow so it's good to see everybody it's been an eventful last few weeks for my family and i but uh we've made it through and here we are and uh all we can say is God is good and he's, he's kept us safe. So uh, here we are this morning. Before we uh, read our scripture, let's, uh, let's go to God and ask his blessings upon the morning. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for the rains that we had yesterday afternoon so desperately needed. But We pray, Lord, as a good father, you know what we need. You know what we want. And you know the difference between and so we just ask you if you would continue to bless us with showers of blessing, whatever that may look like, whether that's through rain or, or whatever's going on within uh, each individual's life here, whatever the case may be, Father, we just ask you if you would be with everyone here today. We know that there are several that are taking last, uh, last weekend vacations and things like that before school starts again, which in and of itself is kind of mind-blowing that school is starting, but... Um, we just pray, Father, that you would bless them and, and keep them safe as they travel. Uh, may they be rested when they come back and, and ready to continue in your work once again when they get here. As for this morning, Lord, thank you for the music that we have had. I, I'm so grateful to you for the volunteers that we have to sing. And uh, just ask your blessings upon David and and upon uh, Sarah and upon Laura as, uh, as they... Continue each and every day to do the work that they have been called to do. And we ask you this morning, if you would, just bless your word that is uh, about to be um, poured forth. I pray, Father, that your spirit will be with us to help us to understand this word and that uh, your spirit will be with me. That the words that I give will not be my words, but the words you would have me say. So bless us now to that end, we ask, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you would, these are pretty short verses. We've got four of them. Uh, They are all from Proverbs, of course, as we're continuing almost to the end of our study in Proverbs. But if you would look at um, Proverbs 10, 11, and 12. Let's get that out of the way. Stand with me, if you would, as we read the word of our Lord as soon as I get it up here. From Proverbs 10, verse 9, here's where Solomon writes to us, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. And then in Proverbs eleven three, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And then we have two verses in Proverbs 12, verse 17 says this, Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. And then 1222, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Grass withers, the flowers fade away, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I believe that in our topic today concerning honesty, and that that was the subject for today, we have to look at it in a broader scope than just the subject of honesty. Now, don't get me wrong here. I believe honesty is exceptionally important. Yet, I believe we should add the subject of integrity in there as well. I found the explanation of the difference between those two. Honesty refers to sincerity or truthfulness, whereas integrity has a bit broader meaning, encompassing honesty as well as moral soundness. Looking at it on the surface, it may appear that honesty and integrity are interchangeable. And I guess maybe to a point, they are. However, I think as the definition I found tells us, I'm not sure you can have honesty without having integrity, but can have honesty with Yeah, I'm not so sure though, it's very possible, I could be wrong, you could have the opposite as well. You can't have integrity without having honesty. Thinking along those lines, I read another facet of integrity. It can incorporate, uh, it can be corporate or personal, and has three tenets to it honesty, honor, and goodness. I saw one more that could be added to the list here concerning integrity, and that's sincerity. There are probably more thoughts concerning the base word integrity, but for argument's sake, we're going to use my thinking today concerning integrity and honesty. So we'll use both today, not necessarily interchangeably, but in conjunction with each other. I hope that's clear. We can have our witness tested every day. Do you know that? Maybe we can say our honesty can be tested every day. Let me give you a couple of examples. You find someone's wallet with money, credit cards, and that one adorable picture of a a child or a grandchild in there. Do you keep the money, tossing aside the rest of the effects? Or do you find the name and the address and return the wallet intact? That is if there is a name and a phone number in it. Even better, if you're in a store, do you return it to an employee of the store to make sure that it's properly tagged and returned? Just a few weeks ago, we were in a local restaurant here in Rock Hill. We were sitting near the checkout uh, right before, uh, where you pay before you leave. And all of a sudden, the owner asked the, the lady who was waiting on the guy, Did he pay you? Well, no, she said. I, I, and, and the guy just says to no one in particular. I think he walked out without paying. So what does he do? He goes out and he confronts this guy. Sure, sure. enough, he had not paid. So we get up there and get ready to, to pay our bill. And and I asked the owner after that, after it was all said and done, how did you know? How did how did you how did you guess that? He said I've seen these things before. He, he said he forgot to pay. That that's a likely story. And I guess that's a little bit of a hard statement to make and yet I suppose if it happens especially in the restaurant business too many times you're not going to be in the restaurant business for too terribly long so I guess he has to have a little bit of a hard shell to him about that but the odd thing was is when this guy went out to get in his car he was out there a good five minutes doing something outside the car he had put the food I saw I watched him he put the food inside the car and then he gets out and is doing something to the front of the car. I mean, if I'd have stolen it, I'd have been leaving a long time before that. You know, you go to blitz. We call, used to call it blitz when I was in college. Only heard about it, never did it. Exactly. Okay? Uh, I was encouraged. I was encouraged. All right, we'll go that far. But anyway, this, this, you know, I wouldn't stand around waiting for the guy to, to look at me and come out. So he said... He, he, the guy just did, did absolutely nothing. Did he forget? Well, it could have been an honest mistake, I suppose. But only the man could answer that for himself. Well, I've never had anything like that happen to me, you might think. I can't really say anything concerning honesty or, or even integrity. Has ever been an issue for me? If you can say that, good for you. All, y'all remember a little while back, I guess it was the last time I was here a few weeks ago, I told you about money that we found in a closet of a, of a house that we owned as I was painting one Sunday afternoon. I actually went to the daughter of the guy who was now deceased, and I told her about the money that we found. See, over $1,600 is a lot of money. She said it was our house now, and when we bought the house, we bought everything that was in it. <laughs> I guess that's good and bad. It was more bad than it was good, though, I can tell you. Anyway, I, I, I checked it out first with her. Before I ever spent a dime, I had to make sure that it was the right thing to do. And I felt much freer when I did. You see, being honest about things can, can give you a wonderful sense of freedom. Like, like you did the right thing for the right reasons. Like rather than when it would have, might have been easier to just go ahead and do the wrong thing, And suffer the repercussions for for quite some time after, or the guilt for some time after. I have a devotional that I read every morning. And strangely enough, in God's providence, there was a devotional on Proverbs 10, verse 9, just a few weeks ago when I wrote this sermon. And one statement, it was mentioned. It said that a young lady, the one who wrote this particular devotional, had received a note from a member of the church leaders concerning her willingness to work with the youth in the church. The overall thought was to thank her for her leadership with the children. She'd been doing it a while, and and someone had noticed. But it also had a note stating this. Character is who you are when no one is watching. You could add on to that. The character gives you that sense of freedom and joy to know when you have done right, even when no one is watching. Is that the same as our reputation, you might wonder? It's different from reputation, okay? At least in one definition that I read. In that definition, it was said that reputation is what people think you are. Character is actually who you are. Let me ask you a question. Knowing those two definitions of character and reputation now, are yours different? Is your reputation more important than your character? Remember as well, these two things help us to make up Your integrity. So let's look now and and see how important integrity is or how important it should be to us. Let's take one example in the scriptures, one I use quite often, but for a different reason. Let's look at Job. I normally use Job as a kind of standard bearer for how to deal with overwhelming pain and anguish in, in someone's life. I used um, Job's friends as ones who, for a time, were model friends. Ones that you could count on, especially when you were in pain. Their key to being valuable, though, was that they kept their mouths shut when Job was in his deepest, darkest place. They were there for him. That was the important thing. They lost their value to a large degree when they opened their collective mouths and told Job that the reason all of this was happening to him was that he had angered God and he needed to get it right with him. And Job just goes like, huh? Now, well, what did I do? Overall, Job is an incredible example even to us today, I do believe. Look at Job 2 verse 3. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. This is God now talking to Satan, okay? He still holds fast his integrity. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Again now, this is God talking to Satan, okay? He is blameless and upright. He holds fast to his integrity. He fears God. And turns away from evil. That, folks, is a fantastic combination. What a formula to live by. Maybe these reiterate what we said at the outset this morning concerning the tenets of integrity. However, for Job, or maybe for his wife anyway, Job's integrity had a pitfall. Job, possibly. Job 2, verse 9, his wife, she asked Job if he was simply going to hold on to his integrity. His honesty, his honor, his goodness, his sincerity. Why not just drop the facade and curse God and die, she in essence was saying to him. He's at a crossroads. Look to God or look to his wife. Now, look at what Job had lost so far, okay? He'd lost his children, he'd lost his livestock. To a certain extent, he had lost his health. Everything he possessed on this earth, gone in an instant. All but his wife. That was the only thing that he had left. We seldom talk about Job's wife. I find her a very, uh, very interesting character. I find Sarah, of Abraham and Sarah fame. I, I, I look at her as well as we don't know enough about her to be able to formulate really, really good opinions. And Job's wife is one of those as well. She lost everything she had as well. I mean, she had she'd been decimated just like Job had. We uh, She wished we had more time about, uh, or knew more about her, quite frankly, to be able to, to get a better idea of just exactly who she was and, and what she was. I still believe that this statement from Job's wife was the lowest point for him in this whole situation after he had lost everything. And she says that to him. Don't you kind of feel like maybe he felt like he lost her at that point as well? I mean, what else can you lose when you've lost it all, right? Well, you see, this is where Satan, in one last overt attempt to remove uh, Job's honesty and integrity from him, to remove him from God, as it were, since he couldn't touch him, this was the toughest. This was the worst. This was the lowest for Job. For Satan knew Job's weak point at that moment, and that was his wife. However, while Job still looked to God, Job's wife, I think, fell prey to Satan and the world, if if even for just a brief moment in time. This, I think, was the greatest test for Job's integrity and his honesty falling prey to satan but don't you see that's our biggest test as well staying strong in our integrity our honesty our sincerity our goodness our honor our alternative to all of that falling prey to satan Okay, arguably this situation just pertained to Job, right? And yet, how many times have we heard or, or maybe even said to no one in particular, my decisions don't infect, affect anything else or anyone else but me. I'm not going to hurt anybody. Uh, if, if I do such and such by myself, I'm not going to hurt anybody else. I'm not going to affect anybody else. How many of have either heard that or even maybe in a younger day said that themselves? Well remember a bit ago what I said about from the devotional of the statement made to the young lady concerning character. Character is who you are when no one is watching. Or honesty is what you transmit when no one is watching. It's the guidelines by which you think uh, may only things that you do may only concern you. But though know this though. Someone When you least expect someone else to be watching you, is watching you. Maybe another person could be someone in your family. But do know this, under all circumstances, God is watching you. Bet the farm, the decisions that you make, will concern more than just you. I think Job understood that as well, though. Throughout all the trials that Job experienced, he never wavered when it came to his integrity or his honesty. Honesty. He didn't look to himself to get him through his problems. He looked to God. He wasn't happy with God at times. He challenged God at times. He questioned God at times. But you know what God did? For the longest time, nothing. Never said a word. He let Job do all the screaming and hollering and all that kind of good stuff, okay? And oftentimes when we feel like God is not listening to us because we're going through some problem or something like that, He's listening. He's just choosing right then not to answer your tirade, you know? But that did not change Job's outlook toward God throughout this entire thing, though. And in the end... If you look back at the end of the book of Job, he was rewarded richly, he and his wife. So it came out okay. So what does integrity look like to you? We've talked about several tenets or, or potential descriptions of what integrity entails, but what does it look like? We've talked about Job and we saw how he never let go of his integrity. That was what kept buoying Job, if you want to, want to call it that, for lack of a better way to put it. We see it in our reading today, three possible sides to integrity. Proverbs 10, verse 9 talks about walking securely in one's integrity. What does that mean? When we live securely, we can live in freedom. As I read recently, when you walk with integrity, you don't have to look over your shoulder. Have you ever received an improper email or text? How about having spent some money that you really, really couldn't afford to spend? I've I've done that, and I hope you all have not done that. But, I mean, it's not like what you'd think, anything like that, okay? It was books and stuff like that, and I'm like, where are you going to put that book? Because now I've only got one little bookshelf, whereas I used to have a a whole wall of bookshelves. Where in the world are you going to put another book? Are you going to read that book or are you just going to keep it? Well, and you know, so you what do you do? You start hiding the text. You start hiding the, the emails and all this other kind of stuff. You want to put that money back in the bank before anybody else has a chance to see it. Your integrity to some extent can be attacked that way. My wife just rolls her eyes and looks at me. If you're caught, though, you're trapped. Look today at the number of pastors who have been caught cheating with someone in their church, perhaps. Before you look at me, look at me, okay? As the old song back in the 60s says, it ain't me, babe, okay? So just remember that, all right? This is an example only, okay? Anyway, some of these affairs have gone on for quite some time. These folks are, are good at hiding their infidelities, but but at some point, there comes a realization that people What is going on is wrong. It weighs on that person. Proverbs 5.22 says, An evil man is held captive by his own sins. There are ropes that catch and hold him. How very true. And to finally be caught is almost exhilarating to that person. They're finally free from the sin that they spent so long building a false front to cover up. Yes, there are repercussions by the score. Not only for the couple, but for the families, their churches. These things have such a negative long-term effect. They just don't happen to one person. There again, it's like thinking back, well, it's not going to hurt anybody else. And it does. But this is the perfect example of losing or not being able to live in the security of one's integrity. All honesty is lost. The rationale here is if you've been lying about this, what else have you been lying about? You're trapped. This is not how God wants us to live. Or look at how sin compounds itself. One leads to another. One good example on this one. Look at King David and Bathsheba. Look at what David did with Bathsheba who became pregnant by David. Now, remember, this is the day when people did what was expected of them. They, they usually, it was either that or they were killed. But they usually had to marry that person that, that they impregnated, okay? But she's already married. Now we got a problem. So what did King David do? As only a king could do, he had Bathsheba's wife killed in battle. Our sins are compounding themselves here, aren't they? It wasn't until Nathan calls David out on his sins that David comes to the realization of what he had done. And more specifically, what he had done with his relationship with his Heavenly Father. Oh yeah, there's that little issue as well. So walking securely in one's integrity is so vitally important. Next, Proverbs 11, verse 3 tells us the the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Now we have to understand, none of us in this room are perfect. And as hard as we may try to do things honestly, sincerely, with as much integrity as we can muster, we are prone to fall short of those things at times. Look at Judas and Peter. Two prime examples. Judas, as we know, betrayed our Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Peter, one of Jesus' closest companions. We heard the transfiguration poem. He was there. This is how close Jesus was, or uh, Peter was to Jesus. But he, uh, Peter denies knowing his friend, his Savior, three different times. He even raises the stakes on his denials as he goes along from from being somewhat annoyed the first time around to being called a friend of Jesus to being on the third time to not only denying it but denying it with vim and vigor by cursing and swearing that he didn't know this man. In just a short amount of time, all this took place. Judas and Peter both sinned, didn't they? Their integrity took a very large hit. Both of them. But what did they do with their guilt? There's the difference. Judas didn't seek forgiveness from his master, his teacher, his rabbi. Peter did. Peter was remorseful as soon as he heard the rooster crow three times. He remembered what he had boasted just a few hours before. And now he has been brought down So very far. Look at the reputation that Judas still has even today, 2,000 years later. As far as we know, he never sought forgiveness from Jesus. But look at Peter. It was painful for him to have to even look at his friend, his Savior. It had to have pained him every time their eyes met. Don't you know? But he did it. He manned up and he sought forgiveness. So what did Jesus tell Peter? First time he asked, Peter, do you love me? And he did it three different times. And each time Peter said, Lord, you know I do. Remember what he said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my flock. Do you think him asking Peter three different times if he loved him Was a coincidence? I don't think so. And look at how Peter came out of this whole entire mess. Different, yes. But for the better, I do believe. While the life of Judas came to a tragic end, Peter's ministry in just a few short weeks after Jesus' resurrection and Peter's denial of Jesus... His ministry gets off to a roaring start on the day of Pentecost. He was the point man that day after the Holy Spirit had come upon them. And it only got better from there. But can you see here, even though Peter's sense of integrity perhaps took a hit, maybe even we could say a big hit, okay? It came out maybe, arguably, for the better when all was said and done. Lastly, Proverbs 12, 17 and 22 concerns what we talked about sometimes back, and that's the tongue. Verse 17, whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. And 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Ever told a little bitty white lie? Is a little bitty white lie? Or how about a big old dark ugly lie? Ever have to tell another lie to keep the first one in check? Or you told a lie to someone, but perhaps others hear about it, and they ask you, and you have to lie again. And soon it gets to the point where you're believing that lie yourself. Well, how about this? You tell a lie, and then you, you tell that lie again to somebody else, okay? But then the first person asks you another question concerning the first lie, and you have to tell another lie to cover up the first one. Pretty soon it gets to the point, you don't know who you've told the truth to if you've even told the truth, okay? My grandmother used to say that some people would rather lie when it would be easier to tell the truth. There's a lot of truth in that, isn't there? Ever known someone like that? You know, when someone is telling a lie because their mouth opens, and yes, politicians, I get that, but, I mean, there, there are others other than politicians that do the very same thing, okay? I know I know, I know that's harsh, and, and, and I'm sorry for that, kind of, sort of, maybe. Let's, let's look at Genesis 3 for a second. Look at how him, uh, the serpent twisted the truth for Eve. Lying is at times a simple twisting of the truth. Remember that, Okay? Did God actually tell you that you shall not eat of, that ter- of any tree in the garden? Well, of course we know God didn't say that. He said one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the little truth twisting was enough for Eve to be confused. That was all that was needed, okay? Then Eve gets on in on the truth twisting. He said he couldn't, we couldn't eat of that tree that's in the midst of the garden, as it says in the English Standard, nor could we touch it or we would die. Lie upon lie starts to really skew the truth, doesn't it? You won't really die, said the serpent, in an understanding way ways he could muster without busting out laughing. Don't you know he felt like this was like shooting fish in a barrel with her? God just told you that you because he, he, you can't eat of that tree because he knows that if you do, you're going to be as smart as he is. And he didn't want that. That's the last thing that God would want. The lie doesn't end there, though. After the two had eaten, they realized that they were naked. See what the lie got them and us? The simple knowledge of being in our birthday suit until we put clothes on? Wow, that was a big gain, wasn't it? God comes looking for them. Here is... Another pitiful display, and I say pitiful display of lying. When you're caught in a lie, or worse, or the person you're going to tell a lie to already knows the truth. That maybe even is, is worse, but the lies continue. why did you guys hide from me? God asked them. We were afraid. Aha, they finally tell the truth on one, didn't they? So, what did they do when they were caught in their lie? They try to blame everybody else for it, don't they? Eve blames the serpent. Adam blames Eve. Adam even goes so far as to blame God. If you hadn't put this woman down here with me, I never would have had a problem with it. Desperate people caught in lies will say and do desperate things. Did this end the integrity of Adam and Eve? It'd be a good question to ponder because I really don't know if we have enough scripture evidence to to dictate otherwise we know so little of the two after that we can only gather though that though though they condemned us all to a life of sin because of their disobedience it kind of leaves us with a little bit less than kind remarks about our first father because of what he did to us but they were told that they would work and suffer and live hard in life much like we have to do at times to endure they might have repaired their integrity because of their subsequent honesty and sincerity years ahead. I'd like to think that they did at least anyway. Maybe they built their characters back up again to be considered good, trustworthy folks after that. I mean, after they did that, they might be worth listening to. Don't do this, okay? And that would be maybe the best lesson that they could give to anybody. But it looks like in Genesis 5, Adam lived have many generations, living up to the ripe old age of 800. So you'd kind of hope that maybe in that time his integrity was restored. Which is really what we hope for for anyone who is guilty of being less than honest, right? Simply put, in closing, Proverbs twenty one twenty eight says this, A false witness will perish, but the word of a man who hears will endure Those who endure are ones whose integrity and honesty is above reproach. Their character is impeccable, though maybe not perfect. They're to be trusted, as our Lord Jesus Christ can be trusted. For we know that what He says to us, we never have to question, do we? The honesty is all part of living a Christ-like life for us maintaining a reputation that, that can always be depended on which is our ultimate with other people i think my question to you then closing then is just simply this are you living a christ-like life to the best of your ability to the ability to where you can be trusted to where your word is your bond if you're not why aren't you Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning and for this lesson once again uh, of integrity, honesty, sincerity, goodness, honor. We thank you, Lord, for these reminders that uh, we can strive to do the best that we can possibly do, even though we know we're going to fall short. But Lord, let us never use that as a cushion, as an excuse. Let us always look to live that Christ-like life to the best of our ability. Not to just say, oh, well, I'm human and I fall short. Let us not fall to that. Please just help us with strength and courage to follow you better so that we can be trustworthy to all those around us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our catechism question for this morning, question number 35 is this Since we are redeemed by grace alone, through faith alone, where does this faith come from? The answer? All the gifts we receive from Christ, we receive through the Holy Spirit, including faith ourselves. We now have the opportunity.